when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Trusted by generations of farmers. Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Putting your animal nutrition needs first. Welcome to our program. I'm John O'Connor. Coming up, Mr. Donald Barrett, Dairy Gold Mallow Regional Committee member, gives advance notice of public meeting on Brexit, fodder and the future direction of Irish agriculture. Details of IFA and ICMSA budget analysis meetings. Animal health and welfare inspections increase. Our top story, the agriculture budget. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Michael Cree, TD, joins us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. Minister, welcome to the programme. What is the total planned expenditure for agriculture in 2019, including your budget and EU funding, etc.? Well, John, delighted to join you on your show um, and, and, and uh, your listeners. Um, the, the budget... Um, for the Department of Agriculture is in the region of just over 1.6 billion euros and that does not include approximately 1.2 billion additional funding that comes directly from Europe through the various supports under the Common Agricultural Policy so obviously quite significant for, for the farming community. Um, I suppose our ambition in the context of, of this year's budget was to build resilience given the challenges that the sector faces so uh, inside the farm gates, I suppose the headline issues are around what's been delivered in the beef area, a new beef environmental efficiency pilot program. What is that? It's compatible with what's there already on the beef data and genomics program where we have, I think, in the region of 25,000 farmers benefiting from a €300 million Euro program under the current rural uh, development program. And what this is, uh, it's to measure weanling efficiency. Uh, so it'll be weighing the weanling and weighing the, the sucker cow and reporting that data to the ICBF. The objective being to get a, a genetically efficient beef herd. Uh, what's that? Um, I suppose a lighter cow, a bigger weanling, a more fertile sucker cow, uh, an easy calving sucker cow, um, that that you know to, to ensure that we're lightening the carbon footprint and maximising the profitability for the sector. So that's that's really what it's at. It'll pay in the region of forty euros per weanling, um, and we'll have the details of it, you know, early summer of twenty nineteen. So we're working now with with in the department and with stakeholders to get the all the necessary uh, steps taken to get the scheme out uh, to farmers. 
uh, as I said, by early summer of 2019. The other thing which we did in the budget, um, which would be a benefit to a lot of your listeners, is uh, increase by 23 million uh, the ANC payments. And now that's important because uh, in 2008, the budget for ANC was uh, 250 million. Between the additional 25 million that we put into this scheme last year and the 23 million that we've put in this year, we've now got back up to 250 million euros. Um, and I think that's important. We haven't yet decided how the or 23 additional million will be a portion between the various different categories of uh, disadvantage, but uh, nonetheless, uh, it, it's a step, uh, you know, to restore that cut, I think, uh, back to 2008 levels is important. Um, we Also important tax changes in the budget. For example, those that would have off-farm income were previously excluded from the income averaging regime. Uh, that's a lot of farmers. Uh, they may be part-time farmers or their spouse may have an off-farm income. And by virtue of that, they were previously excluded from income averaging. So the income averaging regime, which is an important recognition of volatility in the sector, uh, is now available to them as a, a tool to manage their affairs more tax efficiently. Um, and obviously then from a generational renewal point of view, all of the various stamp duty reliefs and stock reliefs have been rolled over as well, which is which is really, really important from the, the fact that, you know, we want to encourage land mobility, younger generations, etc. But certainly, Minister, not the €200 Euro suckler premium per animal, which the IFA under the campaign of SOS Save Our Sucklers had been demanding in the campaign, but you're lotting £20 million. Now, in terms of the BEEP, the Beef Environmental Efficiency Pilot Scheme, many people outside farming will you pose the question, what about the carbon tax? People in rural Ireland are very happy you didn't bring in carbon tax, but in the longer term, when we look at FoodWise 2025 and when we look at the EU emissions limits, isn't there eventually a risk there that Ireland would be exposed to a 1.5 million euro fine per day for every day we breach the EU emission limits are you aware of that, or would you like to comment on that and point out you know, where we might be able to keep the EU happy? Because at this point in time, they might look at the situation not imposing a carbon tax as having the wrong attitude to climate and climate change. Well, John, I mean, the, this decision was, was looked at long and hard by, by uh, government, and we decided not to increase the carbon tax. We already have a carbon tax, but we decided not to increase the price of petrol, the price of diesel, the price of home heating oil, the price of your electricity bill, the price of your gas bill. We decided not to increase it. Why? Because already in the marketplace, the price of all of those is already going up. In the last 12 months, the price of petrol has gone up 12 cents a litre. The price of diesel has gone up 20 cents a litre. The price of home heating oil has gone up. And call it a carbon tax or call it a market-driven uh, increase, uh, you know, it's not, it doesn't make much difference when you pull up at the pumps to fill your car. So we decided, you know, it wasn't appropriate at this stage to introduce a carbon tax, but we are hugely conscious of our climate change obligations. And that's why, for example, the measure which I introduced in the beef sector was climate compatible. It wasn't the, you know, the coupled payment that was sought by the farm organisations. It was a measure that was compatible with our, our climate change obligations, improving the carbon efficiency, the genetic merit of, of the beef herd. 
But we also took other measures in the budget. Uh, as you'll be aware, we increased the VRT for diesel vehicles. Um, why? Because our VRT regime, I suppose, was fundamentally based on a lie, and the lie at the heart of it was that diesel was good and petrol was bad. And, of course, what we now know is that emissions from diesel are both bad for the environment and climate change, but are also bad for your health. And we have noticed uh, in recent years that we have become something of a dumping ground for diesel export vehicles from the UK, for example. So we decided in both the context of public health and climate change that we would increase the VRT uh, levy on uh, first-time registration of vehicles uh, that are diesel-powered. Uh, so that's, that's, you know, a measure that's also compatible with our climate change obligations. Turning to forestry, we have people who are interested in getting into forestry. Can you see certain types of forestry, Minister, as being very helpful in, again, reducing whatever carbon footprint is there? Well, look, we need to do uh, climate change measures because they're legally binding on us now and financially punitive if we don't meet those targets. But we also need to do these things because it's the right thing to do for future generations, for our children and our grandchildren. Um, And I think perhaps of equal importance is we need to do them because the market is clearly asking us questions about what are our sustainability credentials. And fortunately, we have a good international reputation in this space. But we need to do more, and afforestation, new forest plantations, um, is, is a really important part of that. And I've, I've said it repeatedly, you know, it's not really fair or sustainable that, say, for example, a dairy industry in expansion, and there is considerable scope for further expansion, and I know that's the ambition of many of the dairy processors in the region, um, but it's not sustainable to expect others to carry the can in the context of where afforestation should take place. And every community, and indeed perhaps every farmer, would have to look at what their specific obligations would be in terms of afforestation. And it's why in the budget we've over €100 million committed uh, again this year to uh, the the forestry program in the department. And I think every farmer should actively consider that because that's important at so many levels. Minister, low-cost loans, some farmers will say the low-cost loans scheme announced in the previous budget has not yet been implemented. So farmers are very keen to get some progress on a low-cost loan scheme because they have so many problems related to the weather changes. Yeah, look, we've identified, I mean, we are bringing forward a third loan product now. We had a working capital for farmers uh, 150 million euro loan fund at 2.95%. That benefited 4,249 farmers, I think was the, the figure. Um, and it, its benefit was more than just the farmers who, who uh, availed of the loan. It actually unblocked uh, a credit uh, problem in, in, in the banking system, and there's no more competition in the area of working capital. We then developed a 300 million euro loan fund for the Uh, agri-food sector for small and medium-sized food businesses. And that's already in the marketplace for working capital. And what we have now identified, and yes, announced it last year, put £25 into this process in 2018, what we have identified is a a need for a longer-term, low-interest loan fund for capital investment. So if you're doing an investment on your farm, um, for uh, you know, a new milking parlour or a new slatted unit or whatever, 
this eight to ten year money unsecured at less than five percent interest rate is is what we've identified as a gap in the market now and yeah it has taken longer than i would have liked it's a complicated process to put it together because there are a lot of moving parts from my own department the department of enterprise innovation and jobs the department of finance the european investment fund which brings its own complications to the equation um has been that it's longer than we thought we will have this product in the market uh, in early 2019. I understand you have set aside quite a sizable amount of money as a Brexit package for farmers, for our fishermen, and for the food, small, medium enterprises. You might just remind our listeners how much that very large package is. Well, the total kind of Brexit resilience is around 78 million, and we've touched on some of the stuff earlier in terms of building the resilience within the farm gate, uh, the ANC payments, the beef environmental efficiency. Because of our beef exposure uh, to the UK market is over 250,000 tonnes. It's, it's north of 50% of our total export. So that's part of it. But then we're putting in very significant additional funds, additional uh, funding into Borbia, 5 million euros, um, that's obvious enough what that's for. Uh, additional funding into Tagus to complete the development in 2019 of the Food uh, Innovation Hub in Moor Park. Uh, there's $6 million additional for that. Uh, additional funding for the Prepared Consumers Food Hub at Ashtown. Um, there's $12 million in funding for uh, the uh, small and medium-sized food businesses for innovation and uh, investment in their in their businesses. There's €3 million Euros for uh, the leader companies for micro-food businesses and for applying lean technologies and uh, innovation to the food sector. Uh, we are actually then investing €7 million Euros on staff recruitment and ICT systems for dealing with a situation when the UK will post... Uh, the, their departure from the European Union be a third country and we'll have to carry out the appropriate checks east-west on, on imports and, uh, in, from the UK. So uh, uh, quite a significant budget uh, package to deal with the consequences of Brexit. Any word of encouragement for younger people wanting to get into farming and the fodder situation? Yeah, well, look, I mean, if you take the global view... Um, by 2050, the Food and Agricultural Organization has said that we will need to produce 70% more food than we did in 2005 to feed a growing global population. Um, increased urbanization, increased desertification, uh, land abandonment means that we'll have to produce more from less. So in terms of the, the, the global picture, we will need more farmers, we will need young farmers. Um, and I know in the context of, of your listeners and kids and leaving cert filling out CEO applications, um, I would really urge them to consider the sector. I mean, we can, from a day-to-day basis, sometimes get preoccupied with the, the challenges that it faces. But it is still, nonetheless, our biggest indigenous industry, and I believe it has a bright future. That said, it has been a difficult year, uh, certainly a difficult year in the context of fodder, um, drought, weather, um, and they're all challenges that I think collaboratively we, we, we face together. We had very you know, good evidence of that in collaboration with all the stakeholders in the context of fodder. When we met initially in July, we had a 28% deficit. In early September, that was down to 11%, and we'll conclude a further audit uh, shortly. Um, initiatives that we've taken in the area of imports, in the area of a tillage initiative, 
in the area of bringing forward uh, payments uh, with EU permission, in the area of extending the deadlines for application of chemical and organic fertilizer. Um, I think they've all contributed to, to uh, the endeavor to close the gap in terms of the shortfall. And we will continue to work as stakeholders until we get out the far side of this challenge. Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Minister Michael Cree, TD. Thank you, Minister, very much indeed for having spoken to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. Thank you very much, Michael. Thanks, Minister. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr. Donald Barrett, Mallow Regional Committee Member, Dairy Gold Cooperative Society. Donald, you've organised a meeting on Brexit and fodder. Theme of the meeting, Brexit or no Brexit, fodder or no fodder, where does Irish agriculture go from here? Would you tell us more about this meeting, the date and venue, please? That's correct, um, John. Um, thank you very much for, for uh, inviting me here now to, to speak here. Um, it's, it's really to do with the Brexit uh, situation, whether we're going to have a Brexit or no Brexit. Yeah. We don't know as yet. And father is, is a big issue as well at present. Father or no father in some yards, they're very, they're very scarce with, with, with what to have. Uh, thank God with the last month or, or six weeks, there's been an upcome on a bit of growth has come and some bit of a father has been gotten the last few weeks, which is essential and needed, badly needed. So thankfully, and a lot of people, there's a lot of work being done as well through the, the various bodies have done their very best and the Minister for Agriculture has done his share as well in getting as much fodder in as possible for the coming winter. Of course, uh, dairy gold have always been to the fore in importing fodder, being pioneers in that respect. That's Every correct. time there's That's a correct. crisis, be it this year or a few years ago, dairy gold sourced fodder when we were told it wasn't available anywhere that's, that's in England correct, or Ireland. That's John, and, and continue to do so and, and doing their level best on it. Well, I'm holding a meeting now in the uh, Mallow GA complex, uh, Carragoon, on Monday 19th of November uh, and 2018 at 7.30pm. Um, I'm doing this for the benefit of all the Dairy Gold shareholders and uh, with, the, with the permission of the management of Dairy Gold, they have... Uh, Obviously, given me the the opportunity to hold this meeting, what we need to know is where does Irish agriculture go from here? It's healthy to debate the options and keep those issues in front of people, Brexit and fodder. But when the winter comes, that'll be the acid test. And when Brexit comes on us, we have to be ready. The Minister for Agriculture, Minister Michael Creed, he has allocated 78 million euro in the budget purely for Brexit measures to try and uh, anticipate, to try and visualise what might happen. But there's a fund of 78 million euro earmarks to just help with whatever pressures Brexit brings. We that's really correct, are in the dark. Correct, that's correct. We are completely in the dark. Well, at this meeting, I, know I have a lot of um, uh, key speakers invited to, to speak at this uh, meeting. I'm still awaiting uh, waiting, uh, answers back on those those. Uh, the CEO of Dairy Gold Cooperative Society, That's Mr. Jim Wolf, I think you've confirmed that the Dairy Gold CEO will be in attendance. It's not just Dairy Gold shareholders. I'm leaving this to open to all farmers. All farmers can attend this meeting. It's not basically to Dairy Gold shareholders alone. So I'd be emphasising that as well. There will be opportunities for people from the floor to either ask questions of the speakers or comment on the speeches made. That's the main re- purpose of the meeting, to get as many people inside 
in 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 Karagoon as possible to put their message across, see what they see what is is troubling them at this present time, and put the message across. Leave it to the people that are there on the night that are able to answer these questions, and maybe we will come to some answers to what can be done, and maybe could be few changes maybe made along the way that would help along the way as well. People should earmark that day. They should make a note in their diary, Monday, 19th of November, 2018, 7.30pm, the venue Mallow GA Complex, uh, Carragoon, just a couple of miles outside uh, Mallow Town. People should put that date in their diary with a view to turning up any contribution yeah. of a positive nature from a farmer would be welcome, I would imagine. That's correct, that's correct. And, and you know, it gives, it gives people the opportunity that, look, uh, a voice can be put there and, you know, we, we will appreciate, I'd appreciate it all. And I appreciate all uh, feedback as well on the turnout on the night because we must facilitate the crowd as well. Uh, the venue will, will have to be changed if there's a bigger amount of people to turn up. We just have to cater for everyone. So look, uh, that there'll be a bit of a feedback. Come back to us and let us know if 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 there's needed for a bigger area or not. Everyone will be notified anyway of of through Derry Gold. Everyone will be notified. Uh, the shareholders will be all notified on 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 takes anyway. So look, hopefully there'll be enough people there anyway on the night to voice their opinion on the night as well. So that have been my main thing. I have a lot of speakers invited. So I'm hoping a lot of speakers will will turn up. And uh, you know, the more, the more, the more we have, the better chance we have of getting answers to the questions that would be answered. Brexit or no Brexit, fodder or no fodder, where does Irish agriculture go from here? And this is a very special uh, meeting, a symposium, if you like, being organised by Mr. Donald Barrett, Mallow Regional Committee member of Dairy Goat Cooperative Society, and it's arranged for Mallow GA Complex Carragoon, Mallow, just outside uh, Mallow Town, a couple of miles, Monday. 19th of November 2018, 7.30pm. I think that's correct, Donald? That's correct, yes, correct. Thank you very much, John. Mr Philip Cotter, PRO Cork East Ploughing Association, has details of tomorrow's match at Kilbrin. Thanks very much, John. That's, that's correct. Uh, tomorrow, Sunday the 14th, Kilbrin, I'm reopening the show. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, for the coming year for qualifying for the national finals, and the match is being held at 11.30 a.m. start sharp because uh, weather and time and darkness are beginning to change from what they were two weeks ago or a week ago even. So 11 top start and entries to be given to Willie Stokes and Willie's number is 087-267-2910. That's 087-267-2910 before 6 p.m. this evening. And the venue is on the lands of Finbar Cronin and it's actually between the Grotto and the old Green Hall motorworks on the way near Kilbrin. Now, the Grotto I'm talking about, most Pelman will know, as you come up from Longville House, they meet a Grotto there before they reach the cross for Kilbrin. Between that Grotto and the, the old Green Hall motorworks, that's where the venue is. And to be signposted from the Mallow side, from the Longville House Road, and to be also signposted from the Charleville Bodivan side. So, Finbar Cronin's land by his kind permission. 11.30 a.m. start. Interest to Willie Stokes. And hopefully the weather will be in our favour. And following Sunday, the 21st, will be Ban Tears turn. Now, I will be back to you this day week with detail, more details on the Ban Tears match. And the following week after that, the 28th, will be our own local match, Tupper House, and I'll be back to you with more details on those too. But for tomorrow, it's Kilbrain. Thanks, John. And thank you, Mr. Philip Cotter, P.R.O. Cork East Ploughing Association. The following Cork ICMSA area AGMs will be held next week to elect officers for the coming year and also to discuss dairy and beef outlooks, the recent budget, CAP 2020 and possible resolutions for the upcoming national AGM of the ICMSA being held in Limerick on November 30th. The first AGM, that's the Middleton area, North and East Cork ICMSA, venue the Sportsman's Bar, Mogili, Monday 15th of October at 8.30pm. Speaker Dennis Drennan, Chairperson, Farm and Rural Affairs Committee. Meeting to be chaired by Martin McHugh, Watergrass Hill Secretary, James Barrett, Watergrass Hill. Mallow area, North and East Cork ICMSA, the Hibernian Hotel Mallow, Wednesday 17th of October at 8.30pm. Speaker Ger Quain, Chairperson of the Dairy Committee. Meeting to be chaired by John Dennehy Bing and Secretary Aoife Ladd, Castletown Roach. Bandon area, West Cork ICMSA, at the Old Still Bar Bandon, Thursday 18th of October, 8.30pm. Speaker Ger Quain, Chairperson of the Dairy Committee, meeting to be chaired by Tom Wilson in Askeen and Secretary to be John Witcherly in Askeen. All inquiries should be directed to Barry O'Keefe, Cork ICMSA Development Officer, at the following mobile number 087 162049. That's 087 162049. A number of Cork IFA open farm meetings are being held on Monday 15th of October 
Kingsley Hotel, Cork City, 8pm. Tuesday, 16th of October, Parkway Hotel, Dunmanway, 8pm. Wednesday, 17th of October, Coronmart, Formoy, 8pm. The events will have a farm finance theme with a focus on financial discipline, financial planning and investment and also Budget 2019. At each meeting, there will be an excellent panel of speakers from the IFA, AIB, FPD and IFAC accountants. These meetings are open to all farmers, not just members of the IFA. Later in our programme, we have an interview with Mr Sean Clark, IFA Regional Development Officer, on these meetings and the speakers. Three very important open farm meetings with a farm finance theme and a focus on financial discipline, as well as planning and investment, will be held in Cork City and also in Cork East and West Cork on Monday 15th, Tuesday 16th and Wednesday 17th of October. All the meetings start 8pm. With more on the speakers and the theme, Mr Sean Clark, IFA Regional Development Officer based in Cork. That's right, John. These are, as you said, they are open farmer meetings. We've organised three of them here for the county. And uh, the theme of these meetings is uh, very much farm finance. Um, As I say, there's uh, the three meetings. The first one is kicking off next Monday night in the Kingsley Hotel in Cork City. And the second one then is taking place the following night on the Tuesday night in the Parkway Hotel on Manway. And the third meeting will be held in Corrin Mart in Formoy on the Wednesday night. So that's Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, starting off in the Kingsley Hotel in Cork and heading then to the Parkway Hotel on Tuesday night and Corrin Mart Formoy then on Wednesday night. And they're all, they're all taking place at 8pm. There'll be an excellent panel of speakers from your own organisation, the IFA, as well as from AIB, FPD and accountants. Yes, uh, John, as, I say, as you say there, we have a very good line-up of speakers and we put a lot of work into getting the right people for these meetings. We have um, somebody there, as you say, from IFA, um, a representative from FPD, AIB, and we also have IFAC and FTC accountants. They will be taking part in those as well. And I suppose we decided to organise these meetings uh, back some couple of months back because it's been an exceptionally difficult year uh, for farmers with the uh, higher costs um, and uh, following on from the very bad spring. And then we had the father deficits, and I suppose then you also had the uh, heavy workload on farmers this summer. And um, it's just, we feel it's a good time to uh, take stock and to just see where you are at this particular point in time before you head into the winter. And as we all know, there's lots of bills to be paid out there on farms uh, after the difficult year. And I know the single farm payment is due out there in the next couple of days, and farmers will be glad to see that coming into the into the into their into their accounts. So look, it's um, I suppose it's a good time, as I said, to focus. And AIB will discuss their range of cash flow supports that's available there to farmers and how they can assist farmers this winter and into the spring of this year. Um, IFAC and FTC will they'll discuss the recent budget changes and what effect that those changes will have on farmers and I suppose they'll talk about uh, beneficial tax reliefs that farmers should be availing of and uh, anything else really uh, in the budgetary line that farmers want to want uh, want to discuss with them. Um, again, our own farm business chairman Martin Stapleton does excellent work there um, throughout the year in lobbying uh, the Department of Finance and various other ministers, I suppose, to try to get the the changes that we want through on the whole farm business side. So he'll be talking through some of that and some of what has, uh, I suppose, what we've achieved 
and uh, what is going to work for farmers in this budget and I suppose the other issues that are still outstanding that we need to push on and try to get change on because you get nothing uh, out of government now um, in the in the form of any sort of uh, investments into the sector without going pushing very, very hard for them and lobbying. And coming up with, I suppose, uh, very, very good valid reasons as to why uh, money should be invested into these various schemes. So um, Martin Stapleton and uh, John Murphy will cover those. And I suppose just when we are talking about that, the SBCI loan, uh, interest loan that we were uh, hoping to come on stream, it was announced in last year's budget, 12 months ago. It's still not up and running, and it's one of the areas where we're very disappointed that that's not available uh, to farmers at this particular point in time. But we're continuing to press the minister on that and to try to get that up and running. The other thing, I suppose the other speaker there, FBD, um, will cover financial planning in, in a tax-efficient way and how best, I suppose, for farmers to prepare for passing on a farm to the next generation and uh, with a, a focus on being financially independent after the process. And I think that's very important because sometimes farmers, they work very hard and the next thing is they uh, decide to pass the farm on to the next generation and they realise themselves that they haven't made a proper provision for themselves. And I think it's, it's a good time when you're younger uh, to look at these things and to plan for them because there is a tax benefit in doing these things the right way and starting at the right time. So there are some of the main things that's going to be coming up and we'd encourage farmers to attend in big numbers. These are for all farmers, not just uh, IFA listeners. Oh, these are for these are open farmer meetings, John, as you said, and um, we we'll, we we'd like to see as many farmers as possible just turning up to them because there's going to be some very very good information available to farmers uh, at those meetings. These are all free of charge. You have access to a cache of vital information and you can ask uh, questions and you get uh, the benefit of all this professional advice. So thank you very much, Mr. Sean Clark, the IFA Regional Development Officer based in Cork. Thank you very much indeed, Sean. Thank you, John. Thank you. You're very welcome. Listeners are reminded that the 2018 National Dairy Show is taking place at Mill Street on Saturday, 20th of October. Amongst the many attractions at the show, over a hundred trade stands, handling and cattle displays, tractor and loading demonstrations, a small animals farm, farm safety demonstrations and instructions, dairy innovation award, and also a rural crime prevention display and advice, live hoof and care display, and a fire brigade demonstration. Also, food tasting and many other attractions. That's the 2018 National Dairy Show taking place on 20th of October, Saturday, 20th of October at Mill Street. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Michael Creed, TD, said he was delighted to have hosted a visit by his Chinese counterpart, Minister Hang Chang Fu, Minister for Agriculture and Rural Affairs in Cork on Friday morning. The ministers, the Irish and Chinese ministers, met at Moorpark near Fermoy on Friday morning, 12th of October 2018, signing a new action plan for cooperation between their ministries for the period 2019 to 2021 inclusive. The first meeting of the Joint Committee on Agricultural Cooperation, JCAC, between both departments followed that. Topics covered at the bilateral meeting included agricultural trade and economic cooperation, agricultural science and technology cooperation, food safety controls, rural development and information technology. 
On Friday afternoon, 12th of October, Minister of State Andrew Doyle escorted Minister Han to the farm of Gerard and Magella Murphy, Boherbui County Cork. The farm, the Murphy farm, is a mixed sheep and suckler bee farm and a participant in the Origin Green Quality Assurance programmes, as well as GLOSS and the Beef Data and Genomics programme, BDGP. Minister Doyle said he wanted to thank the Murphy family of Boherbui for their hospitality and for explaining the Irish sustainable and natural production systems with a strong emphasis on food safety controls so clearly demonstrated during the visit of the delegation from China. Minister Creed commented that Minister Han's visit demonstrated again the close working relationship which had developed between the Irish and Chinese authorities in relation to agri-food cooperation. Minister Han, Minister Creed said, had been a good friend to Ireland and had accompanied Premier Li Kuang during his visit to Mayo in 2015. Minister Creed was pleased to have had this opportunity to follow up on his meeting with the minister in Beijing last May and to welcome him to his home county of Cork in Ireland. Minister Creed thanked Minister Han personally for his assistance with the detailed process which had resulted in the approval of Irish beef getting access to the Chinese market. Minister Creed expressed the hope that we would be able to begin the process for sheep meat access to the Chinese market next. Minister Creed pointed out China was Ireland's third most important export destination last year and Ireland's second most important country, export country, for both dairy and pig meat exports. And that statement from the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, following the visit of the Chinese Minister for Agriculture to the farm of Gerard and Magella Murphy, Boherbui, County Cork, on Friday, 12th of October, 2018. Animal health and welfare inspections nationwide have increased by a massive 20% on the same period in 2017. Miss Hannah Quinn Mulligan, news correspondent, writes about this in this week's edition of the Irish Farmers Journal. Hannah, welcome to the programme. That's a massive increase. Yeah, that's right. So these specifically are animal welfare inspections, and I suppose what we'd be thinking is the cause behind the 20% increase in inspections uh, this year would be the weather conditions of the spring and we'll all be aware that you know animals had to be housed for a lot longer which led to a kind of increased disease outbreak you know if you had a shed of calves you know if one had pneumonia chances were that they were all going to get it so uh, looking as well at the on-farm bovine deaths for the first half of this year you know they were up 17 percent um, with you know cows in particular uh, the increased deaths there so the thinking is that there are increased animal welfare inspections because of the increased number of deaths. Now, Cork did have the highest number of inspections with 145 inspections for the first half of this year. But Cork nearly always has the highest number of anything because, of course, the most farmers are in County Cork. I mean, the inspections only increased by 6% in Cork, whereas if you look at somewhere like Galway, I mean, inspections there almost doubled. Um, actually, the over more than doubled to the 59% increase in inspections in Galway. Have people been convicted or fined or even jailed if the inspection finds they are guilty of cruelty or not taking care of an animal properly? Yeah, no, it is very serious, and I think it's right that it is very serious. 
you know, people were disqualified from keep, from keeping cattle or keeping animals. I mean, something that's perhaps nice to take away is that the number of um, people who were found to be breaching animal welfare rules dropped from 21 in the first half of 2017 to just 11 in the first half of this year. Now, the number of people who were disqualified from keeping animals, that rose to five people for the first half of this year. But, uh, you know, I, I think that that's right and proper because I think there are a lot of farmers out there who are very aware of farmers getting a bad name and we're all aware now of the heightened sensitivity around farming and especially a lot of images are coming from places like America that might show a style of farming that is completely alien to us but of course that consumers think is farming today and we don't want that to be the case. Do we detect there with the department, an invitation to the general public or people in farming to report what they might feel would be cases of cruelty or people not uh, taking care of animals for whatever reason. Yeah, I suppose, so at the beginning of September, the department launched a draft document for a national strategy on animal welfare, and they recommended kind of a number of actions, which included, um, you know, uh, animal welfare measures, perhaps, and quality assurance schemes. I mean, I think... The idea of kind of the public reporting, uh, you know, animal welfare issues from farms or, or things like that. I mean, there is a fine line there and there's a balance as well. I, I think we're no longer a country or a generation where we can say that we're only one generation removed from the farm. Thank you, Hannah. Miss Hannah Quinn Mulligan and the remainder of your long interview will be broadcast, Hannah, in the midweek edition of the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme this coming Wednesday evening, shortly after the 10 o'clock news. Joining us on the programme, Miss Emer Connery, Sustainability Advisor, Chagask Knock Griffin Middleton. First of all, Emer, welcome to the programme. You have details of a number of meetings and a course. Now, a course is being organised by Cork West at Chagask, and you have details of a phone number where people can find out about this course for farmers in Gloss 3. So, Chagask in West Cork intend to hold a training course for farmers in Gloss 3. The details are available from Margaret in Chagas McCroom on 026-41604. The next event is the Chagas Dairy Gold Joint Programme um, in conjunction with Animal Health Ireland. They're running a dry cow event on the farm of Kevin Downing, Farnastig White Church on Tuesday, October 23rd. And that event is running from half past 10 to 1 p.m., uh, Kevin is the Dairy Gold Milk Quality Awards winner from 2017. Um, and on the day, the, the topics will include introducing selective dry cow therapy, managing in-calf heifers to minimise the risk of mastitis, skills um, of drying off cows safely, and nutrition and management during the dry period. We're turning now to a different section, to Cork Northwest. Chagaskin Can Turk are hosting a KT event, and that's a KT for beef and dairy, I understand. That's right. So Chagasia Kantark, they're holding an event. It's KT Beef and Dairy Approved. Um, it's a seminar and demo, and it's on Thursday, the 18th of October, in Kantark Mart at 7 p.m. Um, the speakers on the night then will include Eamon O'Flynn. Um, he's a local vet, and he's going to discuss herd health at housing. Um, Stephen Connolly from ABP will discuss dairy beef genetics. There is Karen Duclo from Chagas, and she will talk about winter nutrition. Um, a local farmer is also going to talk on the night about the importance of weighing stock. And finally then, Pat Burns from Bank of Ireland, he will deal with farm finances. 
That sounds fine. Now we turn to quite a topical situation, people dealing with grazing and bearing in mind all the volatility we have in terms of climate, etc. Have you any overall grazing tips for the week? Um, so just a couple of tips here yeah, for the for the week coming up. Um, just to try and graze out um, paddocks, the ones that are being grazed now that they need to be closed off for the, the winter. Um, try to graze down the paddocks as tight as possible and clean them out well and to, that will help to ensure good quality grass for next spring. Where possible, try to use a strip wire and back fence just to graze out the heavy covers um, and aim to have an autumn rotational plan made out. And now is also a good time just to try and address soil pH issues. Um, lime is relatively cheap. It's 23 euros a tonne, roughly. Um, and you're trying to get the pH to 6.2 to 6.5 just to keep the the soil um, in good condition for the ryegrass plants. And then just finally, just um, if anyone has slurry left to spread, just to remember that you need to observe the relevant buffer zones. So... For um, surface waters, it's a five-metre buffer zone, and that will double to 10 metres for the two weeks before the closed period. Um, and also just to remind people that the slurry spreading closed period, um, that has been extended to the 31st of October for this year. Thank you, Emer. Miss Emer Connery, Sustainability Advisor, Chagask, not Griffin, Middleton in County Cork. Full interview with Emer on this coming Wednesday evening in the midweek edition of the programme, just after the 10 o'clock news. That's our programme for this morning. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to John Futton Controls. And as always, a very special thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Trusted by generations of farmers. Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Putting your animal nutrition needs first. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.